We are joined by Jed Marley. Folks, I'm really excited to have this dude on the call right now. Like me, Jed is an alumni of Praxis. He's currently the top performing SDR at PandaDoc and founder of the Practical Prospecting Newsletter. If you've never heard of it and you're an SDR trying to crush it, go sign up right now. Recently, he's been sourcing 18 to 36% of all of the outbound meetings for the entire sales team. His secret, among others, is a relentless curiosity to discover, implement, and test out new approaches to sales. Dude's young. Jed, did you start at 17 or 18? How, how young? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I started out as a contractor at 17, about a year and a couple months ago. That's, that is insane, dude. And like, I'm just personally curious because I thought I was the youngest fish in, in the boat that I hopped in when I was new to sales. I was 21. Like what, what was that like? Um, it was kind of scary. Not going to lie. I, uh, I drove down from Michigan to Florida where the office was. I didn't know anything about sales. Um, and I had six months to kind of prove myself. I had an eight month lease. Um, and so just kind of figured it out, but, um, yeah, man, I just kind of went at it with an open mind and it was pretty fun. So you also moved to a brand new city and you experienced the the true praxis joy of also jumbling up everything in life along with right. Starting right, learning how to move out, all that stuff. That's a that's really incredible. And like walk me through the overall experience of like those first couple of months there. Like you're you're starting to get your feet wet, but then very quickly starting to gain traction. I'm curious to hear like what that was like from your perspective and, and what things that you feel like you were doing differently that really started to work for you. Yeah. So like I said, I didn't really know too much about sales. I honestly didn't even know too much about what the role is going to entail. Um, so it started out as kind of just like a lead enrichment. So I was um, enriching leads, um, building out lists for our outbound SDRs. Um, and then on the side, I would kind of get some like trashy content leads or um, get a, a few batches of my own leads to kind of call after, but they were kind of the, um, maybe the ones that not everybody wanted to call. Um, and so in my first three months, I just kind of made an effort to basically make the most calls on the team. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I figured, hey, if I can set myself apart by just trying to make the most calls, even if I'm not good at it, then that's one way to, you know, kind of move in the right direction. Um, so it was really just trying to do my actual job of enriching leads. And then anytime I had to, to make calls, um, you know, and book opportunities, I was doing that. That's incredible. So like, just to be clear, the official job description is, hey, enrich these leads, go, go fill out extra contact information, qualify them a little bit. And that's it. Right. No one even expected you to make calls. Um, to some extent, like obviously it was, you know, that's, it's part of the job and it's kind of always changing a little bit. Um, but I basically started doing the SDR job as a contractor. Um, and I guess did it well enough to the point where, uh, got promoted. So just kind of how it went. Do the job before you have the title, the title ends up following. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> so man, take me, take me from there through like that first year where you're just from the outside looking in, it looks like you're constantly innovating. You're trying to figure things out. Like, how do you approach um, making that cold call? How do you approach even thinking about getting better at sales? Yeah. So honestly, the, my first few months as an SDR, I don't think I was that good, really. I didn't have too much strategy or approach. It was kind of just making a lot of dials, sending a lot of emails, just high activity. Um, it wasn't really until like the pandemic started 
and we all went remote that I started actually thinking about strategy and how to be more efficient and kind of work a little smarter and less just harder pounding the phones. Um, so yeah, it was right around that time. Um, I, I started actually, you know, building out my own cadences, actually taking learning into my own hands and trying to test uh, different email formats, A-B testing things. Um, so really just started with the cadences and then I started trying new call scripts and just trying to think outside the box. Um, talking to quite a few people you probably know of from PandaDoc and just trying to learn from them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't really until I started like experimenting with new stuff and like actually trying to think outside of the box as opposed to what was the normal uh, in the SDR team here uh, that I kind of started to um, see some success. Yeah, man. So like walk me through, was it a moment in time when it felt like things just started to click for you or was it a gradual like hunger? Like, oh man, there's got to be a better way. I see people having success around me, but there's just got to be something else. Like what drove you to, to start thinking differently? Um, that's a good question. So I guess like taking a step back, I was always playing basketball. Like basketball was where my mind was like a hundred percent of the time up through high school. And then I started, uh, I got this job in sales at PandaDoc and it kind of just transferred to that where it was like, okay, I'm going to just dive into this. And um, this is, you know, I started to find a passion for it. Um, so I guess if there was a specific moment where it all started to kind of click, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't say it was a specific moment, um, but there was, uh, I mean, I'll give you an example, like at PandaDoc, we sell, or part of our solution is like e-signatures, Right. And as you can imagine, with like remote work, there's more of a need for e-signatures. Um, and so the market kind of started taking off and there was new verticals that maybe we didn't um, think about approaching beforehand, before the pandemic. Um, and so I was one of the early people to kind of go after those verticals um, and start seeing success in some of them. So that was kind of the probably the moment that um, things started to click a little more and then, you know, go from there. So what does it mean to go after a new vertical? Like that's inventing a new like talk track, a new cadence, yeah. Yeah. identifying entirely new pain points that are industry specific. How do you go about that? Yeah. I mean, think about e-signatures, which is just kind of one portion of what we sell as the PandaDoc solution. There's a big market for that, right? And PandaDoc, uh, historically, at least the way I saw it and the, the people I was targeting uh, outbound were like SaaS sales teams, like other PandaDocs basically, right? Um when COVID started, uh, I was just paying attention to the wins that were coming through, um, to the ops that were being created by other people, the inbound leads. I wasn't on the inbound team, but I was paying attention to them. I started knowing, uh, noticing a few more like nonprofits, for example, um, that were coming through. And um, so I started, you know, I would notice them and I would just basically try to find 10 identical accounts to those and say, hey, you know, read the notes into to why they even came to us and say, hey, you know, this nonprofit's using us for X, Y, and Z reasons, which we open to learning more. Um, so that was kind of my approach, just paying attention to like the new trends that were coming in um, and then diving into them. But you're right. I mean, it kind of had, I had to change my whole approach. Um, turns out that like people in the nonprofit industry or whatnot, they like longer emails, um, which is weird after doing some AV testing. Um, lots of different things like that. Um, there, So yeah, I mean, my approach changed a little bit as far as that vertical, but um you know? Yeah. That's amazing too. Like, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on like how you implement and then monitor and like decide which of the two variants is successful from an AB test. Like what is your, what is your whole system and thought process look like? Yeah. Um, 
So when I'm sending out emails, I mean, I have a specific amount of context that I'm working each day. Um, like right in the morning, I'll try to work 50 to 100 new contacts. I mean, it really depends. Um, but what I'm doing now, let's say I'm about to send out 100 emails. Um, usually I'll A-B test something like um, the call to action. I'll put 50 in one e email step and 50 mm -hmm. in the other. And then just measure it from there. Uh, it's usually pretty simple. I'm, I, I don't go super in depth. I know some people are, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm the best at like A-B testing and stuff, but I usually check like just trust my intuition. But like if I'm going to send out 100 emails, I'm not going to send everybody the same email. Um, like I'm going to try to, to, to learn something, A-B test something um, and, 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 and try to find a, a more efficient approach, I guess. That seems to be like a, a common theme in just the overall thought process that you bring to sales is like, how do you become more efficient? Yeah. I, I even seen like in uh, in practical prospecting, there's this one example of like handle, handle the situation where when a prospect tells you to follow up in three months, handle it this way. Don't do it objectively as they ask you to call them like a couple of weeks or maybe even a month early. And it's like, the, the way that I see it is like you're, you're almost arming yourself with a whole bunch of different tools, each of which incrementally increase your odds of booking a meeting by one to two percent. And then once you have like 15, 16 of those stacked up in every single person that you're able to make contact with, you have like a 33 percent chance of closing the deal because you have so many tools in your tool. And I see a lot of similarity because that's like exactly how I was thinking about it and doing it when I was an SDR, which is like really fucking cool. Like, yeah, man. Yeah, you put that well. I like exactly how you put that. Um, yeah, like I try to think about everything like a process, right? Um, and that, you know, there's always like little things you can tweak to make it, like you said, one or 2% better. And the whole idea is if you create these rules and like um, different processes and it's a lot less thinking, it's more executing. And if you're able to like block your time, you know, your days out um, accordingly, um, then, you know, you know how to just basically focus on one activity at the next and, and you have rules in place to kind of uh, spend less time thinking and more time just kind of like executing, like I said. Yeah, it becomes an automatic process. There's kind of like exactly. that. Um, I forget what this whole term is, but there's unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence, conscious competence, and then unconscious competence. And it's like the more of these rules that you have, the more you can program automation into your thought process and enable yourself to just go into that beautiful unconscious competence. Like as soon as I get hit with a, I'm not interested, um, I just pick up the phone and I call the number in the signature. Like yep. that's just what you do. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's fascinating, man. Like how, how quickly do you feel like you were able to pick up a whole bunch of different tools that started moving the needle for you in a really drastic way? Cause it doesn't seem like it took that long. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, I felt like it took a few months. Um, I felt like I was like the first few months I was kind of like right around my number, you know, sometimes I'll miss it by a little bit. Um, I had a really good month, my second month, but it was, I w it, there wasn't a lot of like process to it, I guess. It was more just like I was hitting it by pure like work ethic, like just pounding the phones and like just trying to, but it wasn't efficient. Um, but I mean, I think it took a few months. I mean, it's just kind of like paying attention to what you hear, like what you read on LinkedIn, what you hear in a podcast, writing it down and then making an effort to like try one or two new things every week. Like that's what I was trying to do. That's just what the newsletter turned into. Cause like, it was my own goal to try one or two new approaches a week. And so I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm trying these new things. Let me just share it. And, and you know, this, this is what I'm learning. 
Um, if anybody else can benefit from it, like, you know, check it out. Yeah. And super quickly, you've already scaled to hundreds of people who are subscribed to that. And I think for damn good reason, it's because the content that you're putting out there, you're trying yourself, you're actually seeing results and success with it. And you're even like screen capping real examples. And (laughs) I I think that's badass. There's definitely room uh, to spread that kind of uh, wisdom into the world. What made you decide to um, like start learning out loud? Like, tell us about that. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you've heard of Praxis. <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, I might have heard they, of it. They kind of teach you to do stuff like that. But no, I mean, on a different level too, like I just really like it because I feel like it helps you retain the information better. And I like to, to write. And so something like I used to write like random blog posts even before like Praxis and stuff. But like sales is all I do. So it's like 90% of what's on my mind, whether that's healthy or not. But like, so I just write about that. Um, but yeah, I, I did it just because, um, actually Patrick who's on the call here too. Like when I first started joining, I, uh, he kind of showed me the ropes, with a lot of stuff on LinkedIn and I saw like the success he was having and some of the cool things it was bringing him, you know, like cool connections, um, meetings and stuff like booking opportunities from LinkedIn. So I was like, yeah, like, let me try that. Um, and so it took me a while to the point where I could actually start booking meetings off LinkedIn or actually, um, doing stuff like that. But that, that's part of the reason why I decided to start like learning out loud. And it just challenges you too. You know what I mean? Like if I'm going to commit to writing, you know, once a week or every other week on LinkedIn or through my newsletter, like I better be committed to actually learning new things in my job. So it holds me accountable, you know, to actually have things to share. Yeah. 110%. And it's a cool thing too, because the, the types of content that a lot of folks put out there, um, is kind of, I don't even know what to call it, like canned canned advice, canned perspective. But what I like about following you is that it's actually, I'm on the ground floor. Here's what I'm trying and doing. And here are the results that it's producing. What do you guys think? Um, yeah. and that, that has always resonated with me. That's the kind of stuff that, um, I don't know, I, there's an there's a authenticity to that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. And I think one of the coolest things about LinkedIn is like, you can learn from other people too. Like when you say like, hey, this is what I tried. Like, what do you think? it's crazy how many people will pop in and like give you their opinion. And then you learn so many cool things. Like um, you just get different perspectives and it's always like helping me personally. Yeah. That makes me curious, man. Let's uh, let's take a hypothetical here and let's, let's say that, you know, Jed is Jed is month one again and he's got, (laughs) he's got a, he's got a 10 minute meeting with future Jed. What advice perspective what would you tell yourself if you were starting your career from scratch again, knowing everything that you know now? I would say talk to people in different departments more. Um, that's one thing. Like I only talked to like the SDRs. I barely talked to anybody. And like, even now, like I'm still just trying to like get meetings with people in different departments here at PandaDoc um, because I think it gives you a better perspective of the company as a whole. Um, and I think it's, it's just helpful for your career in many ways. Um, but also like, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Like, don't just go with the flow. Um, like don't just use the same cadences that everybody's using, use the same call scripts, like try to do different things. It took me a few months to actually do that. Cause I was like scared of the outcome. I was like, you know, let me, j- I-, I know that I can, um, get away to an extent with just doing the norm, but yeah, I'm like, try to experiment with new things and just, uh, talk to people in different departments, talk to other salespeople outside of my organization. It took me a while to do that. Man, that's taking me back to one of the things that I regret about my first position is that I didn't talk to the other salespeople early enough. 
Because as yeah. soon as I started doing that and building the rapport, building the relationships, um, that made everything a lot easier. And I learned a lot of shit that I wouldn't have learned otherwise. And then I like double want to reamplify what you're saying about other departments too, because at Toggle, I was talking to marketing, talking to engineering product. Um, you can gain so much more insight on how to get things done when you like discover a really good idea or you, you want to, you know, in your head, like this structural change needs to happen for the business to like really be successful for my team to benefit but you don't have the language to like make it happen because you don't have the full picture of everything else. Like having these conversations with other people in the company is super huge. And then like sales out talking about sales outside of uh, the company you're at. Well, that's what, that's all we do here. I can't say I agree more. <laughs> Definitely, man. Yeah. It's just cool to talk like, but going back to the different departments and stuff, sometimes you got to like step outside of sales and it gives you new perspectives. Um, and obviously it just helps you sell your product even better too. Mm-hmm. 100% man. That is a huh. What's what's like top of mind for you these days? Like as far as like, you know, career trajectory, what are the what's the next steps for Jed? Like what are you working on? How are you learning all of it? Yeah, um there's a few things on my mind. Um I mean, I'm working with we're we're kind of building out the outbound team here at Pandadoc. Um, so I'm trying to help some of the other SDRs um, kind of get up to speed and like really build out the team too. Um, next, I mean, I'd love to be more in like the enterprise space and like go after like more of the whales and bigger accounts and kind of have more of that strategic approach. Um, that's something that's slowly coming up. Um, obviously, in the future, I'd love to be in like a closing role too, but it's really just, I'm kind of thinking about what's best for Panadoc and like what my next step is. And so, you know, hopefully one of those things will happen next year. We're working towards it. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, I mean, the biggest thing is really just scaling outbound and like building out repeatable processes to where we can like get a shitload more of, uh, SDRs and, uh, AEs on the outbound team. That is phenomenal. And I definitely think that you would crush it in a closing role. Um, have you, have you thought about, so like currently it's all outbound sales development, correct? Like that is the name of your game at this stage of your career, correct? Yeah, 100%. Just like booking meetings, stuff like that. <laughs> so doing enterprise sales development, that's something that you can totally niche down in and like kick ass at yeah. and also grow as well. I'm super insanely excited for your 20s though, man, because at some point you'll be doing the actual closing. And I like, whoa, whoa to the competitors of, <laughs> of Bandadoc when that happens. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully in the in the near future. I'm excited yes. for it. Tell us, tell us about practical prospecting. Where can we find it? Where can we sign up for it? I got it all over my LinkedIn now. I started spreading <laughs> it everywhere. So if you just if you just search Jed, you'll probably see my name because I don't know how many Jeds there are. And then just click on my name, and and there it is, right there. Like I like you said earlier, I share every Sunday. Not every Sunday, probably. Sometimes it's every other Sunday I'll share three actionable prospecting tips. 